Well, this is Ed Stetzer Live, and this and every Saturday we come to you with conversations about what's going on. Sometimes what's going on in the cultural issues, sometimes what's going on in the church. In this case, something that's going on in media. And a lot of you are familiar with the uh, TV series called The Chosen. I guess it's, it's kind of hard to say it's just a TV series. It's got lots of other things now. People have got movies and premieres and all that sort of stuff. And so we're going to talk some about what this is all about here, um, and specifically uh, what's, what's going to be happening with the, uh, the future of The Chosen. Now, um, we, to do that, I want to tell you a little bit of the background just so you're aware of what The Chosen is. So The Chosen is the brainchild of a guy named Dallas Jenkins, who I happen to know. In fact, I was at, I was at the very first um, time when he sort of presented, I forget what it was called, but he sort of presented something in a church setting, and then uh, they go, uh, it was something about the shepherd or something, and um, but boy, it has just exploded in and around the world. And so, let me tell you a little bit about what his intent was, and uh, what what ultimately is going on today. We're gonna have a guest in just a minute, but I want to give you a little background first. So, the chosen is this. Um, it's a Christian historical drama. That is, um, and it's a little it's a little hard to explain sometimes because people are familiar with something like the Jesus film. And in the Jesus film, what you do in the Jesus film is you just have, um, you know, you literally, like the words in the Gospel of Luke are the words that Matthew says, for example. And so what The Chosen has done is actually um, fill in, you might say, fill in with additional context, you know, create, taking some creative uh, liberties. And for example, uh, Matthew, I mean, does speak the words that he speaks in Scripture, but Matthew, for those of you who watch, has a whole backstory. And... And fascinating. In fact, Matthew may be my favorite character. Um, and now, now with that backstory comes, well, I guess I'll just tell you what the backstory is. For example, Matthew's on the spectrum is what we would say today. And, um, and sort, of, sort of it makes sense. It's not contrary to the Bible, but there is creative, uh, cre- some creati- creative liberty in describing some of the story. So when Dallas Jenkins was uh, asked why he wanted to create this, he said he wanted to create this because he wanted to create a binge-worthy, binge-worthy um, show about Jesus. And I think it's done that very thing. Now, um, now, basically, it has the characters of the Bible, right, the characters of the gospel. And uh, there's actually a kind of an advisory committee made up of three people who make sure they don't do anything uh, contrary to. They do according to and not contrary to uh, the teachings of the New Testament. Matter of fact, Doug Huffman is one of the uh, one of the people who who are is involved in that. Doug's actually a professor on my faculty at uh, the Talbot School of Theology. So they sort of meet, make sure everything's good and solid uh, theologically, and uh, and that even the creative liberties that liberties that they take don't really take uh, anything that would be contrary to the teaching of Scripture. But it is important. I mean, what they keep saying, what you heard Dallas Jenkins say over and over again, and I'm sure you hear our guests say too, is you gotta you gotta at the same time you gotta make sure. That you uh, you don't do anything contrary to to the Bible in this process, right? So 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 that's um, that's ultimately uh, what it what how it started. But then it becomes this multi series thing. Now it is it is sort of interesting because I I had Dallas on the radio program uh, not that long ago, uh, and I you know it's kind of like everyone sort of knows where this is going to end. Uh, everybody knows that Jesus dies on the cross for our sin and in our place. God raises him from the dead. And yet, I think it's fascinating how this has just kind of caught the attention of so many people. So a couple of fun facts about this before we bring in our guests, and we're going to take your calls as well. And again, let me, let me remind you, too, because my guess is people will want to discuss. I mean, The Chosen has been so 
widely seen that my guess is that some of you will want to going to weigh in, ask questions. So, um, so the the um, you know, it's, but now because what we're going to talk about today is how the chosen is going to be going soon into six hundred different languages. We'll talk about why why that is and why that's important in just a minute. Okay, a couple of things about it. So one of the things that this made news early on is something called crowdfunding. So um, it's actually this is the most successful crowdfunded TV series uh, ever in history or, or film project. And it's really a strange thing when you think about this, that a bunch of people all said, I want to be a part of this, I want to be a part of this, and they and they, uh, they help fund through you know some giving platform. And then, boom, you have this series that's just globally connected. Um, according to a uh, 2022 analysis, 108 million people had seen at least part of the show. 108 million has seen at least part of the show. So it's pretty remarkable, and I think it'll give us kind of a, a fun conversation to have today. So let me tell you uh, what we're doing and specifically bring in our guest who's going to kind of fill in some of what we've talked about already today. So I mentioned just casually that The Chosen will be translated into 600 languages. 600 languages, that's, that's crazy. Now, um, now, already 100 plus million people have seen it. So the question is why, what's going on here? Well, so Stan Jans is actually, he's a friend of mine. He leads Come and See. Now, Come and See is a foundation and its mission is to share uh, through The Chosen and other things the uh, authentic Jesus with a billion people. He was president of one of the nation's largest Christian bookstores and then began a writing career that has published 75 books with more than 4 million copies sold. And Stan's been the president of the Evangelical uh, Christian Publishers Association. I think that's actually where he and I first met. He had me come speak at one of his meetings. And for 24 years, he has actually served on the board of trustees of Biola University, including a term as board chair. So we actually, I literally saw him Thursday. And now, well, Stan, tell us, where are you and what are you doing there, Stan? Ed, it's great to be with you. I am in London, and uh, we are on Monday having a world, or I should say, European premiere of The Chosen uh, at the same theater in London where the Barbie movie premiered not long ago. So this is a big deal, and uh, come and see us hosting an event for for would-be donors, and uh, we'll have a a pre-event for that, but this is why I'm here. And I'll be continuing, Ed, on to Warsaw, Poland, uh, next week for another premiere there in that country. It's uh, huge in in Poland and Brazil, which are heavily Catholic, and it's awakening Catholic viewers uh, to a new uh, image of Jesus and a new connection and, and intimacy. And it's just it's thrilling to be here. But it's great to be with you from across the oh, pond. Good to, good to talk to you, man. That's so funny that like literally we were together two days ago, and now you are yeah. in London. Thanks for taking the time to connect with us as well. And we're going to invite people to call in. They're going to have a chance to talk to you. Um, <clears throat> but I want to frame a little bit about like who you are in all of this. So you're not, yeah, you and I just, we just snuck into the set of season four of The Chosen and we did some videos about to be released. And uh, that unseen set, you know, we were in that, uh, I guess that synagogue kind right. of setting. So, uh, so we haven't been able to release it quite yet, but we should be, it should be out, I think next week. Um, so, and, and you're here and you're, you're working with The Chosen, you're at The Chosen premiere, but you're leading something else called Come and See, so, I mean, are you putting on costumes and are you meeting with actors or what does Come and See do? Help explain it to folks because for everyone out there, it's going to be new to them. Well, Come and See, our vision is real simple. We want to reach a billion people with the authentic Jesus. And it just so happens that the chosen is, in our estimation, the best way to do that. So we're really doing three things. And the first one is to ensure 
the completion of all seven seasons. Uh, as you said, season four uh, is released. We'll talk a little bit more, Ed. I'm sure you want to know about the release schedule and, and what the theatrical plan is for that. But that's our, that's our primary focus is to make sure that the seven seasons are completed. So we're, we're raising money for the production. And then number two, and probably the heart and what gets me most excited and what I'm finding is you just said, Ed, that people just, their eyes grow big when you say this, that we are enabling and making it possible for all seven seasons to be translated into 600 languages, which is extraordinary, has never been done. Now, the Jesus film has gone to 2000. I mean, it's extraordinary what they've done, but we're talking, that's a two-hour film. This is, these are 50, these are 56 episodes uh, through seven wow. seasons, uh, eight episodes each. And then finally, what we're, we're also about, uh, come and see, is to collaborate with global ministries and churches to take the chosen everywhere and to keep it free. And that's something that, again, is also uh, unique. Uh, we want to make sure that every person has a chance to see it and to experience it. And so not just the language translation, but also the accessibility. And so we work, we're work. we working with some wonderful organizations that you know very, very well. So Uversion uh, is carrying it the first three seasons. They'll have the fourth when it's out. And, of course, from Uversion watching it, you can go right to Scripture and find out. And we'll, I'd like to talk to you about that because that's what gets my heart going, too, is the, the way this gets people engaged with Scripture. And we're working with Crew and their students. And, of course, Crew is the parent company of Jesus Film. Uh, parent ministry, I should say, and so they're very excited about working with Come and See and uh, and with the Chosen uh, Bible Project, a, a marvelous uh, uh, organization. They're providing Bible resource plans and reading plans. Uh, One Hope, which their goal is uh, uh, Bible for every child in the world, and so this the list is going on. It's growing, and so we're just uh, Come and See is that nonprofit that works with this production company called The Chosen who are producing this uh, amazing television show. It's a TV show, multi-episodic. And our job is to make sure the seasons get finished and to translate and to distribute. Good deal. Good deal. Okay, we're going to continue our conversation with Stan Jan. Stan is uh, leading the Come and See Foundation, which is partnering with The Chosen. You've already heard some of that. We're going to take your calls as well, all right? It's 877-548-3675. Now, Stan's not going to be able to answer your questions about why did they do this in Season 3, because, again, you kind of heard his role a little bit. But lots of good questions about what The Chosen is about, where we're going with it. Again, our number is 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. Um, Ed Stetzer live. I'm the dean of the Talbot School of Theology and serve here at Biola University. Fun fact, Stan is one of our trustees at Biola University. So we have that, that connection there as, as well. And I mentioned that Doug Huffman who uh, is one of the three theological advisors to the campaign as, as well. And they, they have a, Doug is a New Testament scholar, they have a, uh, a Catholic scholar, and they have a Messianic Jewish scholar. And that's been, uh, been the team that kind of helps them stay aligned, attuned, well-connected, not contrary to, and always in accordance with the Word of God. So um, anyway, so we're, we're talking with Stan Jan. Stan's leading this Come and See Foundation. And the Come and See Foundation is, again, trying to translate to six Hundred languages. That should be a uh, well. 
that 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 would be a, a, a an amazing thing. Now let's talk about languages for just a second, Stan. Now I know that mm-hmm. you are not a missiologist, um, but that's you're stepping into my field. We start talking about all these languages. I love this. There are over there are over seven thousand languages in the world, which might, people might say we're doing less than one out of ten of the languages. However, when you get six hundred languages, well, what do you get when you get six hundred languages? How much of the world is covered? Ninety-five percent of the world That's will right. be able to uh, understand the chosen. It may not be their primary, their heart language, but they'll be able to, be able to understand it. And uh, that, yeah, seven thousand—you get a really long tail with that. But uh, it's never—it's never been done to this extent with this many episodes of a show like this to go to six hundred. No, I, I don't so know. Pretty good like there are that. very few things. There are very few things that have been translated into six hundred languages. Um, and so uh, when you said that, I was kind of you know. And re- remember that there's two kinds of languages in, in the world. Today. People uh, have their, their, their heart language, and then the language which mm-hmm. they can also do commerce. And you know, So 1.4 billion people speak English, for example, and Chinese is the second most spoken languages, et cetera, et cetera. So right now, my understanding is The Chosen has been translated into about 100 different languages. That could be old news. but, but um, So to get it to 600 languages will make it one of the most translated anything in history, let alone it would be the most translated TV program uh, in, 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 in the, uh, the episodic TV program in the world. And it covered right. 95% of the people. So keep in mind, as, missi- as missiologists, we want to say, let's get the Bible in every heart language. Um, and that's great. But 95% means that people who watch television, now most people who, who speak a smaller language don't watch media in their heart language. Small languages don't have media in it. So this is a very accustomed bridge to travel for people. So it's really stunning to me. So how long... Uh, do you think it's going to take, or is this sort of, I mean, I know you're in London at the premiere, but you're also doing a fundraiser. Uh, maybe, maybe the answer is dependent upon some funding. How long is it going to take to get to 600 languages? You know, we just, we were talking about that with our team just the other day, and um, we don't really know. It's, uh, the, the seasons will complete in 2027, the season seven. Uh, but when you think about it, if you multiply what will eventually be 56 episodes times 600, that number is 33,800. That's 33,800 episodes that are in the various 600 languages. It's a monumental task. And so it's going to take longer than that. We don't even know. We aren't going to say uh, because we don't know. But right now, and and, uh, we're there about – we're, and we're using, and I just want to brag on the, the person that, that God brought to come and see, uh, who is kind of overseeing this, two people actually, but Rick Dempsey uh, kind of directs our translation efforts. And, and by the way, of these 600, 100 will be dubbed, fully dubbed, and by professional voice actors, and all 600 will be in subtitles. But the dubbing is something that is an art form in itself. It's not just a matter oh, of you know, putting on a switch and, you know, it's very, very carefully uh, curated. I mean, the actors that, that do it, the voice actors have to match the tone of the original mm-hmm. actor and to match that voice and to that, those lips so it looks – that doesn't distract you like early Godzilla movies perhaps did. It's it just – it's got to be something that is so precise and, and artistic. And so uh, it's, it's, an, it's an art form in itself. And we're finding already in the obscure languages that there is great interest. So uh, I don't know if you had, had – were I'm sure you heard about this because it was pretty well publicized. But back in June of last year, uh, the, the Chosen, uh, two or three episodes, were shown in Madagascar. Now, Madagascar is uh, one of the poorest countries on earth, and it has a language called Malagasy. Uh, and Malagasy is not – probably in the top 100 even, but there was a request from the president of Madagascar for the chosen to be shown in his country. And so 
we partner with an organization called Jesus.net, and there's a kind of a French origin to this ministry. Uh, they're headquartered in Rotterdam, but they have their and Madagascar is a French hybrid of, of French for for when it was colonized by the French Madagascar, and so we just and there were no professional voice actors for that, but they they got volunteers, they got people who were dedicated to it, they made it happen, they delivered it, and it was extraordinary to see uh, the the results. Some of our team were there. I was not there. Uh, in June, when it was shown, they showed it in an orphanage for 2,000 people. And I think that's a, probably – people could access it there through YouTube, just Madagascar, The Chosen. And these kids were so delighted to hear this, and they showed them. They did this beautiful ceremonial dance of Thanksgiving after it was done. But it was, I was told when they watched Jesus, and they showed the children the episode three of season one, which is Jesus and the children. So those of you who are familiar with The Chosen know that episode. It's just – it's very, very – um, precious, the way Jesus interacts with these kids. And so when he brushed his teeth, he's got his little cappies there, and he used his finger, right, with, with, with some, and, and they just they just loved it. They were delighted, because that's how they brush their teeth. And when he carved his little toy out of a piece of wood, they loved it, because that's how they make toys. So, uh, and, and to this day, Ed, um, the president, after, you know, and very few people have televisions, and so they did these public events, but they also put it on a big LED screens on the back of trucks, and they've been taking it to remote villages uh, throughout Madagascar and to this day. And just a video was posted showing uh, a bunch of kids are also watching it, and they had little chosen T-shirts on. And so we see this, and it is just the power of the gospel to go into places that would never have the opportunity to experience uh, the living word this way in a visual way, and then, uh, of course, to experience then in the Bible what it would be to, to read these stories. So that's just one, and we think these are kind of stories are going to be coming more and more, but that's, that one's pretty pretty precious just because of the just the response they've had and the way it's ongoing. And so I've got this little saying, Ed, and it's based on what happened in Madagascar. The Chosen, which is just like the gospel, it relates from the president to uh, from the palace to the pauper, you know, uh, mm. and, and from, you know, the just the highest places to the lowest. And we just are just thrilled uh, that this is it. Another uh, ministry we're partnering with is Prison Fellowship. Right now, Prison Fellowship, they have a network of, of uh, where they can show videos in prisons of, of, of 300 prisons. The Chosen is being shown in 300 prisons. So you can maybe change it from the palace to the prison. And there's, an, there's just been extraordinary results. Uh, Heather Rice Minus, who's the CEO of, of Come and See, she uh, uh, attended our um, uh, one of our screenings we did a couple of weeks ago in Houston, where they have a, a strong prison ministry. And she said just the results have been extraordinary, what, what the prisoners are gaining from this, uh, this, this, this story of Jesus that's being shown through the Chosen. Yeah, just so we're clear, you're the president of Come and See. Heather Rice Minus is the president of uh, of uh, yes. Prison Fellowship. Just uh, Fellowship. Right. no, no worries. Just, yeah, I think everyone knew yeah. that, but just in case you didn't know. And let me just—I want to come back yeah. to the uh, the Madagascar showing as well, because I think a lot of times people don't realize that um, that people who uh, most of the world, well, much of the world, speaks more than one language. So people in Madagascar might consume mm-hmm. a lot of their television or their media consumption. It could be in French, uh, could be maybe mm-hmm. some in English or other languages. And then to actually see uh, something like that in their own language is just significantly, significantly impactful, and it draws people in. Okay, so let me let me give our phone number again. I want to make sure people have the opportunity to uh, to ask some questions. And and again, uh, I want to remind you that that 
Uh, Stan, Stan can answer questions about the show, but Stan it leads the nonprofit that, in a sense, is taking the show around the world. You know, ensuring that it finished all seven seasons, but also making sure that the message gets translated to 600 different languages. He leads the Come and See Foundation. Uh, we put uh, in the show notes, we got Karen, my producer, put in there a a link to a story of church leaders, and it kind of tells the story of when they launched this as well. You'll see a picture there with Mark Green and Dallas Jenkins and Stan, and they're talking about this. You'll want to check that out. Our phone number to call with questions about, about again, you can ask about The Chosen or about what the future plans are, is 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Five four eight three six seven five. So let's jump into a conversation and uh, and ask some questions here. Let's first go to Tom, uh, Tom in Chattanooga. Tom, you're live on the air with your question or your comment. Go right ahead, Tom. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and uh, I think you know I've listened for you a long time and called in before. So you, you know I'm not a trying to be an adversary or anything. I'm just asking for some information. No, great. Go for it. It seems kind of Okay. Uh, it seems like this is a really huge project, and uh, the Bible is the Bible translation efforts in the world aren't finished, and it's a living supernatural book. And so it, it just seems I'm just curious about why this is such a great idea. I've, and I would like to know because it seems, you know, I'm not trying to say don't do this, you're awful people. I'm just trying to say I'm kind of puzzled. Seems like a gigantic project, and mm-hmm. um, it's like God gave us one big, but you know, quite a bit smaller than a seven-season TV show. And then, yeah, it, but anyway, if, that, if I'm making any sense, I'm kind of nervous. No, you're making super sense. So basically, it's why? Yeah. Why? No, you're, you're super, Tom. It's a super question. Hold on, just a second, and, and uh, look, we'll give him a chance to answer. It's a super question, Stan. I mean, why translate a TV show around the world while the Bible's not been translated into every language? Yeah, and great, Tom, I want to affirm that's a very good question, and, and I'll just answer it this way, in that the Bible is inspired, the inspired Word of God, where the Holy Spirit not only spoke through the men that wrote it, but also through, through to us to help us understand it. Um, however, uh, we wish more people read the Bible, but, um, you know, as we know, even in this country, Bible literacy is not all that it could be. And so what we're finding that this program is doing and what attracted us as a foundation to it, it is, it is encouraging and in many cases driving people to go to Scripture. I'll give you an example. I have my, my brother-in-law, uh, who is a, a new Christian, uh, and he came into, into the church and grew up in it, but, but hadn't been a part of it, didn't really know the Bible. Very, I mean, just the basic outline. That's about it. And so what we've done is we're taking him through this with his wife, through the chosen episode by episode, and guess what's happened? He he wanted a Bible. We gave him a Bible. He can add more to it. We gave him a study Bible. He is reading the Bible now, and especially after watching an episode, to go and find out. Okay, where is that story? Now these are in the Gospels, of course, but but oftentimes you go back to the prophets when you talk about Jesus. You got to look at Isaiah and some of those things. So it's encouraged him, and he has become an avid reader of the scriptures. And, and maybe that would have happened without this. I mean, God can work in any way, but it, I just know that this was a motivation for him. And what we're finding is that people are engaging with Scripture after viewing The Chosen. Uh, I mentioned YouVersion, which is has been downloaded on 500 million devices. And YouVersion, of course, is the Bible. It has it in multiple translations and multiple languages. 
And so they just are excited the way people are able to watch the episodes of The Chosen on the YouVersion app and then uh, go directly then to Scripture in the same app. And I think I don't I probably am speaking where I shouldn't. But I think if you, any of you, uh, Tom or anybody else, has Amazon Prime and you can have this little feature, I think it's called X-Ray, where you can actually stop the episode or uh, kind of scroll down. It'll tell you who's who's in that particular. This is for any episode of of Amazon Prime, uh, and so this idea says, well, what if people, while they're watching it, could kind of find out what passage is this from, because it is, as Ed said earlier, rooted in Scripture. Uh, and to give them and give all of us a chance to know. But it is, it, it drives people. It, it, when I see an episode, I'll go back and read that because I'm going to say, okay, is that what happened? Oh, yeah, he, Jesus did say that, or, or Matthew did do that. And it just is a, is a wonderful way. So that's what we think, Tom, is that it, it, is, it is not the Bible. It's a TV show about Jesus. And the that's Bible is the inspired word of God. So people, by reading what they're seeing, or excuse me, watching The Chosen can then go to the scriptures and read it and experience it. That's where life change takes place. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. And I think, I think Tom's question is super. Is that, is that, you know, where's the energy there? I would say it might be helpful to know, uh, Tom, that uh, some of the same folks who are helping with the Come and See Foundation actually help with what's called the Illuminations, which is actually a project to finish the translation of the Bible into all the languages in the world. We actually just put a link there at the show notes as well. You can follow along and see that also. And as far as the, it's interesting, as far as the number of Bibles translations, I think about 700 languages have the full Bible. I'm going off the top of my head, about 1,500 have, uh, in addition to that 700, have uh, the New Testament and an additional 1,500 have portions of the New Testament. So we're talking close to 3,000, almost 4,000 languages have engaged the Bible at some level. But a great point, and we want more, not less. And just so you know, I'm guessing there's a lot more resources going into finishing the Bible translation than the chosen. We're going to continue with your calls in just a moment. 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer Live. I'm Ed Stetzer. We are having a great response with phone calls wanting to talk about Chosen, which tells me people are watching, people are having conversations about it, and more. I like it. So let me remind you of our phone number. Stan Jans, by the way, is our guest. He leads the Come and See Foundation in its mission to help translate, and we'll explain some of what that means by translate, uh, the authentic Jesus with one billion people. Billion people. Our phone number is 877-548-3675. Okay, Stan, I know I mentioned earlier that you know, our mutual friend Doug Huffman, one of our New Testament professors at the Tablet School of Theology, and two other scholars, one Roman Catholic and one Messianic Jewish rabbi, kind of serve as a theological filter, whatever term you want to use. I'm not sure the term Dallas uses, so what I, whatever I say may not be what they say. But they look at this from a theological New Testament angle and lens. But now, one of the things you know, I mean, this is my field, I'm a missiologist, you can't just take words in English, change them to cosa, and think that they'll have the same meaning. So how are you making sure that the language, sometimes even they use kind of modern idioms occasionally, so or idioms that 2,000 right. years ago meant one thing and might mean something different today. So how do you work that internationally with all these languages? Sure, that's a great question. So two things. One is, come and see is responsible for uh, theological governance. And what I mean by that is that we have the final say. Our board has the final say of any theological matter that may be in dispute. Now, nothing to this point has has come to that, 
but we have that role. And we have a team of four scholars. Dr. Jesse Stone is our lead theologian. He is a graduate of St. Andrews. He was the last student that N.T. Wright took on in that program before he moved to Oxford. This is at St. Andrews. And then we have three global scholars, Dr. Finney Phillip, who is the president of Philadelphia Bible College in India. We have Ayado Aiduaya, who is a Nigerian scholar, also trained. He's got his PhD from the University of Manchester. And these are all evangelical scholars. Then Miguel Alvarez, who is also president of a seminary in Guatemala. So these are three evangelical scholars, and we entrust them as the scripts come to us before it goes to production to make sure that the theological integrity, the biblical faithfulness, the orthodoxy of the script is is intact. And again, this is after The Chosen. They've reviewed it with their team. So we work kind of together in this. But then also, as we go to translation, uh, we rely on what we call subject matter experts. And so before a translation is then dubbed, we have people that are from the country. that could be pastors. It could be theologians. They review the translated script in their language to make sure, and the term is localization, and the term, I think, also contextualization, making sure the context is correct, that it means the same thing as you said, the idiom that that's being used but also that it's localized, that it is for them, but it's the same meaning. And we rely on these, and we have right now 85, and that's just for the first you know, 50 languages that we're working on. There have been more, Ed, as you mentioned, but we're going back and kind of redoing some of those that were done earlier. So this is the guardrails that are in place, and the theological component to that is so important, and we take that very seriously. So it's not just about production and translation, but it's about that theological faithfulness, and we have that governing authority as the Come and See Foundation for that. And Dallas wants this. This is not something they're imposing on him. He has asked for it. He wants it. And so we have this marvelous uh, system in place to make sure that this stays true to Orthodox historic Christian belief and to putting Jesus uh, is who he is, the Savior of the world, and the view that we know as evangelicals, as Orthodox Christians, is the one that is faithful to Scripture. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think it's important to note that uh, because it's filmed in a set that would be 2,000 years ago, cultures around the world, you're not going to have like huge cultural distance. It's like everyone knows that people in some, in some places still are, have no electricity and are living mm-hmm. in a, you know, a basic economy. So there's a really nice commonality with that, that then you can bring that conversation forward. Okay, let's take some calls. We've got some great callers here. Callers, I want to encourage you to mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, just jump in right with your question um, and kind of you have Stan Jans, our guest. He leads the Come and See Foundation. So let's jump in. We're going to go to Ann in Elmhurst, Illinois, just down the road from where I used to live in Wheaton, Ann. So you're live on the air with your question or comment. Jump right in, please. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I've been in a Bible study for years, and the teacher is very biblical, very conservative, and she has big issues and kind of gets on her soapbox about the chosen (laughs) and that it's being produced in a Mormon facility and kind of stuff like that. I'm not sure where she gets it, although I do think she mentioned Christianity Today, maybe. I have done some research and didn't really see that, but can you address that a little bit? I'm kind of scared to say anything to her unless I have really good backup. Sure, and you're correct. There's actually two parts to the question, and you talk about the set. There is a set in Utah that, that the LDS Church built for a series that they did, and it was, they completed the series, and it was pretty much left abandoned. And so the Chosen came to them, and it's a set that when you see the Jerusalem scenes with the temple and 
the Pool of Siloam and these really large set pieces. I've been to this set, and it's, it's pretty impressive. But they then lease that strictly as a business arrangement, and there's no <laughs> effect or influence at all. It's just something that was there. And they have another set that is in Texas that is more of the around the Sea of Galilee region and Capernaum. And so they use these two sets interchangeably. And what you're going to see as the seasons continue to unfold, especially season four, which releases in theaters starting February 1st, quite a bit of that was shot in the, the set in Utah. But again, it's just it's strictly a, they rent it from them, but they have their own soundstage in Texas along with a, uh, a beautiful village of Capernaum said that they use. And when you kind of identify which is which, you can kind of see that. So that's really what it is. And I understand your concern. And the other is that the very first couple seasons, the distributor was Angel. And you'll see the title card, Angel. And Angel is not an LDS company, but there are LDS folks involved. But again, they were simply the distributor. They stepped in at the very beginning with crowdfunding and then pay it forward and got the chosen kind of on its feet. But now the model to support the chosen is through Come and See Foundation. And so you'll see in, in season four and beyond. And if you watch the Christmas special, which is in theaters, you'll see Come and See now on the title card, which means just the beginning of the show as you, as you start watching each episode. But the key is, and I think you can tell your Bible study leader, and I appreciate people who have such passion for Scripture to make sure that there's no compromise in any way. But I think this little uh, description I gave you earlier of these, let's just call them theological guardrails that exist. And it's not just for one particular belief, you know, that may infiltrate. I mean, there's a lot of beliefs out there. And yet, here's what's wonderful is this is a tool that coming from an Orthodox evangelical Christian perspective that is faithful to Scripture can go to the nations, and we know how many different beliefs there are out there. And I'll just give you another quick example is, and you can be praying for this, Anne, and your Bible study team, the effect that the chosen is starting to have and will continue to have in the Arab world. It's an extraordinary thing, and here's why we're told by our partners in the Arab world why this is so effective. It's the quality of the show that is impressive to them. They love the, – there's, there's a sensibility of art uh, that is so strong in the Arab world. Uh, and uh, as you know, the number of Christians in the Arab world is pretty small, but it's growing. Uh, and so with they, when they see this, there's something that happens when they see it visually and they can see the, the, the characters uh, in the scriptures, of course, uh, in, in, Mus- in Islam – They respect Jesus. You know, they consider him a prophet. Of course, he's nothing like the Bible describes him. But when they see the Jesus, this authentic Jesus, this biblical Jesus on screen, done in such a high-quality way, we are are being told by our Arab uh, partners in ministry that this is having an effect. And we really believe that it could uh, reach—Arabic is the seventh largest people language group in the world, seventh. And there are many different dialects. And right now, uh, the Trojan is being translated. I mentioned this gentleman, Rick Dempsey. Rick came from Disney, where he worked for 35 years, directing all of their translation and localization efforts. He now spends his time with Come and See, retired from Disney. And he is overseeing this to do it well, to do it with quality and uh, interacting with with the, uh, the Arab translators. And we're doing classic Arabic. We're doing Egyptian Arabic and Syrian Arabic right now. The first uh, 50 episodes of, of uh, the, or excuse me, uh, uh, 
that's part of the first 50 languages we're doing for the chosen. And so they're just about finished with that, with uh, seasons one through three in that, but you can be praying for that. And there are other people groups who are hungry to, to see what is the authentic Jesus and from scripture. And this is, this is how they're seeing him. And, and again, You've got the scriptures that have already been translated into those languages where people can go and read for themselves the stories told in the Gospels and in the scriptures. Awesome. I'm going to continue our conversation with Stan Jansen in just a moment. We've got one more segment for your calls. Great calls they've been. 877-548-3675. We're going to kind of do a lightning round. So I want you to be ready to ask those questions when we come back. 877-548-3675. Stan Jansen is our guest. He's leading the Come and See Foundation, working with The Chosen. And we're going to continue with our conversation with you in just a moment. That's our live. We're continuing our conversation with Stan Jans. We're going to go to your calls, callers. I'm going to start going to the calls, but I really want to ask you to jump right in with your question and your comment so we can get through as many as we can. We're going to go to first to Judy in Grand Rapids. Judy, you're live on the air. Go right ahead. Okay, so my question was, how can I pray for, like, specific problems that you see that can possibly arise or conflicts or any obstacles? Because when I heard that oh, you guys are aiming to translate it to uh, 95% of the world, basically, I felt like there was definitely going to be some attacks from the enemy. What a yeah, great question, Judy. Uh, go go, go yeah, Stan, tell yeah, us. Yeah. Judy, go to comeandseefoundation.org. And you'll you click on um, you know uh, how to partner with us, and there's you can be a member of the Come and See Prayer Crew, and they will outline specific things that you can be praying for. And obviously, we want to pray for Dallas Jenkins. He's the creator of the show, the director. There's an enormous amount of you know uh, what's expected of him. Pray for the actors, and they're going to start filming season five in April. Pray for the audiences that watch season four. As I said, it's releasing in theaters starting February 1st in thousands of theaters around the country. And as people watch it together, just pray that God would move and stir their hearts, begin reading their Bibles, maybe return to church if they haven't gone. Or if you're in a church, get a group to going. So those would be things. But I would encourage you, join our prayer crew. We've got 47,000 people right now actively praying for Come and See and The Chosen. And we would love to have you part of that. Love that. And we'll put that link to, uh, I think it's already there, but if not, Karen, just check and make sure that link is there so people can sign up for the prayer thing. What a super question. Uh, I think it's Daryl in Fullerton, California. Listen on K-Wave. Daryl, you're live on the air. Go right ahead. Uh, thanks for taking the call. I've got a quick question. I'm wondering if they are going to be using descriptive video for the blind and physically and uh, visually impaired, like in the theaters or any of the streaming that they're going to be doing so that people who are visually impaired can be able to hear what's going on. Love the question. What do you think, Stan? Yep, Daryl, absolutely. And that is being in process right now. I can't give you a date when they'll start having the seasons for that, but that is incredibly important. Uh, And there's a really descriptive video is what it is. It's describing what's happening on the screen so people can understand it and not just understand it, but also in their own internal visualization of what that would look like. So, yes, thank you. Great question. And, yes, that's a part of our our ministry is come and see. Love that. Eileen in Cleveland, Ohio, you're live on the air. Yeah, hi. I wanted to just be encouraging to the staff of The Chosen and to the people behind it. I work with the refugee and immigrant population in Cleveland. So mm. the translation is not only useful overseas, it's incredibly useful here. And I have mm-hmm. sat with people from 
Iraq, and we have watched The Chosen together, and I wasn't sure how it was going to be received. But I was incredibly encouraged that not only the mother but the son watched it. And mm-hmm. it is the quality, and it is also the Middle Eastern life, the understanding mm-hmm. of the culture that's within it. I think it really speaks to people. And so I just wanted to encourage that it is incredibly useful as we work in the populations here. It's a very good tool to begin conversations. Love this. Love this. Eileen, what a great call. What a great exhortation as well. All right. Let's go to Kim in Baltimore. Kim, you're live on the air with your question or your comment. Thank you for taking my call. How do I respond to a family member who doesn't think we should watch The Chosen because she says it's a graven image of Jesus? I think that's a great question, too. And Stan, let me mention quickly on this as well, because we've talked about this before, that in the theological traditions that are out there, there are some people, particularly on the reform side of evangelicalism or elsewhere, who think that any images of any person of the Trinity are theologically prohibited. That's not what most Christians have thought for 2,000 years. Uh, you know, I, I just was in—we uh, lived in Oxford for the fall, and it, there's this church that's been meeting there for 1,000 years, and they have a beautiful mosaic of Jesus. And so for— But most of the history of the church, Christians have, uh, in most places, not all places, thought it was appropriate and perceived graven image as something else. Uh, However, now, of course, you've got the idea of movie and, you know, pictures and film and those sorts of things. But I I would say, Stan, I'm I'm sort of answering the question. Please forgive me. You can weigh in at any time. But what I would say, uh, Kim, you said your family member. Well, I would say if your family member's conscience is that they don't want to see any visual depictions of Jesus, and sometimes the reason is a lot of Americans, their picture of Jesus is this blonde-haired Jesus kind of standing at the door because that was the most famous picture of Jesus that was ever made in the whole world. And I can tell you, that's not what Jesus looked like. Jesus didn't have blonde hair. Um, And so I think for some might say, well, I just don't want to have my image of Jesus shaped by something else. I I respect that. I don't share that because I I love to look at the beauty of art and to see how people have depicted Jesus for 2,000 years. Right here in the Biola campus, there's a depiction of Jesus painted on the side of a wall of uh, the Word became flesh. So I'm of the view, and Stan, I'll have you weigh in. I'm of the view that this is not the category. But when my sisters or brothers say to me, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to do this because of graven image, man, I just respect their convictions, just like people have different convictions about different things. What do you think, Stan? Yeah, I, that's a great answer. And this comes up from time to time, Judy, so that's a very legitimate question. And I think that what happens is, is uh, we have to look, how did God create us? God created us to be visual. You know, we had the question about the blind, obviously, so there are those that are impaired, and uh, but yet we want that description. And I think through history, it has been uh, some of the, the beautiful portrayals. But what I like also, though, and one of the previous callers, I believe it was Eileen, was saying how they're using it with Iraqis, and that they're responding. This is the first time we've had a show about Jesus that uses ethnically accurate actors. And so you do have Jesus. In fact, the actor who plays Jesus, his father was Egyptian. And you have others. We have a couple of Jewish actors. And so these are people of Middle Eastern descent who are playing these parts. I think that adds a lot of authenticity to people who are from those regions that would be able to identify. Or, as Ed said, we don't get the blue-eyed, blonde-haired Jesus either that has been portrayed uh, many times. So I think that's a great answer, Ed. I I think it's one that does come up from time to time. But I think for most folks, there's a a verse, and I can't quote the, the location for it, where the Apostle Paul says that he would ask that the Lord to open the eyes of our heart, and the heart being the seat of our emotions, and it's that part of us that is, I think, where sometimes where art comes from, 
And so then you have this, but it's the eyes of the heart to see and be able to experience and to embrace. He is human. He is still human. He's at the right hand of the Father, seated at the right hand of the Father. He is praying for us, interceding for us. And Jesus is a human. He is, a, he is God, completely God, completely human, but he is in human uh, form, completely God. And it's just, it's one of those mysteries of the Trinity, but he is, uh, he came, God sent his son uh, so that uh, we could identify with him uh, in this, this, this human form. So, but great question. And I think it's, is it, I, I love your answer. I, it's the best answer I've ever heard to that. So thank you. Well, I think it's a, one of the things I say, it's a valid question. It's not a, it's not a casual dismissal question. I think sometimes people are like, well, this is being successful. What I don't like it for this or that. But there are people who just have consistently, Christians for particularly on the reform side, who consistently have said no images of Jesus. I get it. I get it. I wouldn't want to push against that. I, I don't hold that view. And I think ultimately, now, now what I would say is with that, I would also say there's a caution. Uh, you know, I, I want to read the Bible far more than I watch The Chosen. And, and I think, you know, I've heard Dallas mm-hmm. say this many, many times, and I don't want, like, like in the Bible, Matthew is uh, not, there's not a clear indication Matthew's on the spectrum. Uh, not a, you know, Jesus didn't necessarily do it this way. And the Bible should be, we, we believe the Bible is inerrant, inspired, the clarity that's there is the clarity we want. But this also can help us to see some of those passages uh, come to life or be thought of in new ways as well. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, we're gonna we're, remember we're, on, we're in a lightning round. I guess we're almost out of time, but we, I think we squeeze in just a couple more calls as well. Let's go to uh, Timothy in Dayton. Uh, was I'm not sure where it is, but Dayton somewhere. Timothy, you're on the air. Great, thank you, Dayton, Iowa. Hey, uh, oh, my big question is how biblically accurate is the chosen? Now, I think you probably explained it. Uh, you know, but if you think back to uh, the Left Behind series, those, they touched on biblical things, but obviously that, you know, that is fiction. Right. So that's my question. How biblically accurate are yep. the episodes? No, it's super, super question, Timothy. Let me also say, too, that Dallas Jenkins' dad is the, is the Left Behind series as well. So we said, and, but a very <laughs> different approach. But Stan, talk to us about how biblically accurate it is, and we've yes. got just a couple minutes left. Timothy, yes, you'll find, and it's, again, as the seasons move on, that there is a lot of Scripture quoted in The Chosen. So I think the biblical accuracy is related to the fact that the Bible is the source book for the scripting. And so they're going to be very faithful to that. Some of the characterizations, as Ed said, they are uh, plausible, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen that way. So, but the accuracy is very much based on Scripture. Awesome. Hey, Stan, thank you so much for taking the time. This was a super conversation. Let me make sure that you uh, that you follow along. You can go to the web- website, edstepslive.com, find all the links there as well. Tune in next week. I'm going to talk to Kara Powell about how to form character and lifelong discipleship in today's youth. Remember, Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Make sure you download the app at edstetzerlive.com and follow along each episode. Thanks for listening.